Welcome to Attack My Titan, the only Attack My Titan podcast that has a Valentine's Day special. Hey, Pum, how you doing? Happy Valentine's Day, you lovers. I'm doing phenomenal, Omelette. What did you do on Valentine's Day? I'm only Attack on Titan related. I literally do nothing else but live in the Attack on Titan universe. What about you? I had a great date with a tuna salad. Oh, that is tasty. Well, in this episode of Attack on Titan, a lot of shit happened. And so if you haven't seen episode 22 of season four, it's titled Thaw 2-2. If you haven't seen that episode of Attack on Titan, what? Why? What are you doing get here? On get out of here. Get out of here. Do not spoil this show for yourself because we're about to get into the spoiled meat where we discuss the biggest spoilers of this episode. So, bum, what the fuck happened in this episode? Annie's back. Annie's back. Oh my god. Titan has been released from her pod. Yeah, she was a crystal egg of some sort. I mean, she she was in a fluid, turns out, the entire time so. she was in an egg. Yeah. That makes me wonder, has she been breathing that fluid the whole time, or is that the melted version of the ice she was in? Right, like, it, it, does she have gills now? Is she that might. how she was processing that fluid? Because what was she breathing? Well, is there oxygen? There's there's liquefied oxygen that's a, like, there's a form of, of oxygen that you can breathe that is in liquid form. I don't know much about it, I just know that certain divers are able to breathe like uh, it's it, it's 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 a thing in certain kinds of diving where you breathe liquid. I mean, just imagine being in an egg for so many years. Like, what is, dude? That's just a lot. That's a lot to deal with, and um, all those broken shards and being a titan. It's just like, oof. Yeah. Was she I, conscious the entire time? That's I my question. I think she might have been. I bet she was, because Titan powers. Oh, another thing that happened in this episode, Flock's alive. God damn it. Fuck. Fuck, dude. Hey, reach, out, reach out to us at attackmytitanpod at gmail.com if you're part of the Fuck Flock gang. Another thing that happened in this episode is that the rumbling is still happening, and not only that, but... Aaron didn't stop the pure titans. He no, could have. He didn't. I don't know if he can. I think because you Zeke don't think made he can. Those, I think because Zeke made those guys. I don't know how much power Aaron has over them. That's an interesting thought. That that would make sense that Zeke would have full control over it. But I mean, Aaron has control of the founding, and if all of the Eldians are controlled at the coordinate point, then wouldn't the pure titans be controlled by the founder as well? Like Ymir has more power than Zeke, right? Yeah, but I mean, I mean, why else would Aaron have reached out to Zeke before Zeke roared and, and turned all these people into titans if it wouldn't be a huge problem that there were titans there if Aaron got what he wanted. Yeah, but or maybe Aaron wants the titans there for some reason. That's a, that's also interesting. Um, I've heard people, I, I've, I've heard a, 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 a thought that he's doing a survival of the fittest kind of situation. Either way, another thing that happened this episode is that Connie kidnapped Flock. Or no shit. That co- <laughs> I wish. Bro, you know how many I problems wish. that would solve if Connie Dude, just so great. took Flock to the far reaches yeah. of paradise? We need, yeah, we need Connie to just snatch up Flock and feed him to his Titan mama. That'd Dude, be wonderful. Please, please. That would be wonderful. But no, no, no. The other F character, Falco. Connie steals Falco and is like, hey, I need my mom to be the Jaw Titan. You know how weird that would be if Connie's mom was the Jaw Titan all of a sudden, this character that we've never met? Ah, it's one of the nine. Do you think Paradise has Amber Alerts? No. No. Well, I mean, not like modern Amber Alerts, but do you think they would put out a, hey, someone got kidnapped, about to get fed to a Titan? My, my honest opinion, Pom, is that I think Paradise Island has a lot to deal with right now. That's fair. The entire world needs needs a, a whole wide 
I mean, Aaron kind of did Amber Alert everybody when he sent them to the paths. We got a, a couple million of big motherfuckers rolling up in in the blue Subarus. And I'm driving the Subaru, says Aaron. Five foot eight, Eldian male, long hair, last seen on Paradise Island. Oh, another spoiled meat. Pixis. Pixis. I got one. Pixis is... Uh, Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Pixis. I mean, there's that another, was a good there's, moment. There's another one that's kind of a kind of a spoiler. Um, Gabby finally gets her full redemption. Yeah, Gabby is redeemed completely. Yeah. It's wonderful, and yeah, I love it. And she she goes all ninja on that one Titan. Beautiful, beautiful job, Gabby. Yeah, legendary. One of my uh, one. Uh, she has, I think, the best redemption arc I've ever seen. It, it makes so much sense. Like. Every step of the way we got, and this is what my issue with this episode is. We got so much of Gabby that we neglected Connie. So Connie's decision to steal Falco feels a little out of left field. I disagree. Like, it's not, it's not that, it's not that unseen. Like he's been, he's been this, this cannon coming loose for the past, what, five episodes, at least in this half, but also before then, like, the actions of Aaron got his best friend and like basically twin shot through the heart. Yeah. Before then he got betrayed by Reiner. He got betrayed by Annie. He got betrayed by Bert. By Bert. Yeah. A lot of people he trusted fucking screw him over all the time. So like he's at a bit of a tipping point now and now he's got an opportunity to turn his mom back into a normal person. He's going to take that. Bro. Yeah. But the thing is we don't know. We don't, we didn't see his connection with his mom at all. This, we, we haven't seen his mom Titan since season two. This is not right. in our eyes at all. It doesn't even seem like he cares. He doesn't talk about his mom ever. And then all of a sudden. Yeah. But it's also like his, it's his mom. Yeah. It's his. Yeah. But I'm saying in, in terms of the writing, it's not, it's not set up very well what connie wants it's just yeah connie's at a breaking point he's just going crazy i i I don't is he going crazy though i feel like that is the only explanation for what's happening is he's just going crazy it doesn't feel motivated by anything that he wants but the world around him is so crazy like there's millions of giant 60 meter tall dudes walking along the earth and they're about to go kill everyone on the rest of the planet that's kind of insane. He's already in hell. Yeah, he is in hell, but he's been in hell since day one. He's no more in hell than he was when the walls broke down and he had to become a soldier and all of his friends died at Trost and everything like that. Like he, he's he's been traumatized his entire life. And this is the first time that he decides to do something that's counter to what his comrades want. Like his entire character throughout this entire show has been working for his comrades even aaron who goes completely crazy and does the worst thing ever has a consistent need throughout the entire show connie what does connie want before this moment that's i mean that's fair i don't know i don't know what connie's specific character want is but on the point of like he's been working with his comrades this whole time like i said his comrades screwed him over yeah but john he's gonna he's gonna betray john armin and mikasa because his mom that we haven't even known has been a big deal in his life is a titan I, and and this little boy like it just it, he's gonna kill this little boy he's not even thinking about that this little boy that he actually saved earlier that were tried to sa- save and help he was there when uh what was his name nicolo right nicolo was beating him up and stuff like that 
Oh, true. It's just it, it just comes freaking weird for me that this this character who's hyped up as one of the heroes, one of our scout mains, who's he breaks a little bit. The way the episode handles it, it's like, oh, okay, Connie just leaves, and now Armin and Mikasa don't care that Connie is taking this little boy who is very relevant to the conflict. I mean, Armin made a very 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 good point in that moment that you know did, killing Falco is gonna make Reiner and Piek and Piek fucking peak whatever her name is very unhappy so strategically this is a fucked up thing to do connie and armin and mikasa are just gonna let him go even after the battle's done when they have actually killed all the pure titans do you know that this should be like a big big deal that one of the nine is going to become connie's mom do you think that that it's a big enough deal that they wouldn't first deal with the hundreds of titans that are right in front of them yes it's one of the nine true that's true. They they decimated those pure titans. But they decimated those titans because we had Jean and and Mikasa and Armin there. Like Jean rolls up in his in the like full completion of his character arc, he rolls up to where the scouts are. Both the new generation of the scouts, the old generation of the scouts, and the cadets. Uh, he's leading them. He gets them all to work together, and because of that, they kill all the titans that are there. If they had gone and chased after Connie, it would have been the Jaegerists taking charge and everyone would have gotten eaten. Well, so this actually gets into our rank scenes because for me, our five point, we go in each episode, we rank scenes based off of different categories. And our first category is five points, which is cool visuals. And for me, the cool visuals of this episode is Mikasa killing all those Titans because it harkens back to the beginning of the show when Mikasa has always been a badass and it's awesome right yeah and i love that sequence of of all of our characters and killing titans and being back in ching and sheena and we hear the barricade song and it's like oh my gosh the scouts are back the scouts are killing titans again and the and the scouts are winning they're doing such a good job for the first time the pure titans or titans in general seem like not that big of a deal because we've learned so much and, it, and it's great but the thing is when, when the show does that by making the titans less of a threat you know when you hear that barricade song go on it's all hyped and anime-esque and cool moment it's great it's fun for the first time we have a little moment of brevity which i think is appropriate in this part of the story but at the same time it makes those titans less of a threat which makes connie more of a threat which makes the whole connie thing pace out really weird for me like if it's that contrast of the fact that the the I mean Shadis kills the Titans with no problem. We we see so many times where the Titans are kind of not an issue. Gabby doesn't really have much trouble killing the first Titan. There's not super high stakes with these pure Titans from the way the show is treating it. Where there where there are high stakes is what happens with Falco. I'm see I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because our for like, really for our main characters. For our main characters, they're at this point where they're killing actual people. These Titans, not, there's not that's not nothing, dude. They've they've been here before. Yeah, it's their comrades, though. Yeah, but still, like we had that scene with we like we got that box checked off with Levi. Like, like yeah, Lev, that's Lev, true. Levi has a much stronger connection with the Titans that he killed than Mikasa, Armin, and Jean have with the Titans they killed. Because the Titans they killed were the. Uh, the 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 dickheads in the military police, but the like the they weren't major characters in their lives. You know what I mean? Yeah, like all, and all, and all so the, all the characters like Daz, uh, or or other other garrison members or Rico, who they they do have a connection with and a relationship with. I think they're somewhere else entirely. Oh yeah, definitely. But 
Okay, so overall, I actually, but what I'm saying is I do like the way that they treated the Killing Titans thing. I think it makes a lot of sense in the story, but it following what is actually happening, like what all of the different storylines, Attack on Titans is a complicated story. So this type of stuff happens all the time. I guess what I think is you got to trust the story. You got to trust that the Connie stuff will be paid off properly. But right now, as a standalone episode, the Connie stuff just feels like an unnecessary deviation where we're just creating more issues when there's fucking already big enough issues. We don't need to we don't need to get a side story where Connie's doing something separate. We have a from a storytelling perspective, there's enough happening right now, in my opinion. But I guess we'll see where Connie goes. What do you have for cool visuals? So, so for cool visuals, I have the classic Titan fighting. That that was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, I, just the ODM gear going everywhere. Yeah, and it's one of those scenes where it's like we're gonna do this one more time. Like let's just go all out and have fun with it. Um, yeah. Like as soon as they started playing the the chorus of barricades, or not the or the verse of barricades, and they started at the top of the verse, I really like they right off that bat. Right off the bat, you know, it's like oh, we're we're they're fully committing to this. You know, we're gonna have a full event. Yes, it it was cool. To see the cool part of Attack on Titan again for the first time in a long time. It's been a while since we've had a battle that was just like kind of low stakes, kind of like, let's just let's just see how badass our characters are now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the moment when Armin has his graceful goodbye to Pixis because that man became a goddamn athlete. Good job, Armin. That he couldn't even keep up with everyone. He couldn't even carry a backpack when he was training with Reiner. Now... The man can carry many backpacks. Good job. But anyway, I agree. We're on the same page. At least that Titan fight, the whatever was happening during that Titan fight, all of it was great. Cool visuals. Titans being murdered by our scouts. Fuck them Congratulations. Titans. Congratulations. Ten all right, points. let's move on to our 10 points, which is a director's choice. Pum, what do you got for director's choice? It's the genocide conversation where all our main characters are being like, yeah, Aaron's killing the whole world for us that's pretty yeah. fucked up and there's that dead silence for a while and so just sitting in that and remembering what Aaron said to them in the train and then it's interrupted yeah. by shit blowing up and Titans smacking people off off rooftops and then also in the Connie moment there is that fun little uh, uh, that <laughs> attack from Better Call Saul how there's this really tense conversation be- or tense argument between Armin and, and Connie and it gets broken up because Saul from Better Call Saul comes running right through the middle of them. You're saying the Titan is Saul Goodman? He is. Straight up. Look at his face. That's Saul Goodman. I didn't know that. I didn't ne- never noticed that. That's incredible. Um, that is a great moment. I That conversation for me actually ranks higher. Um, so I won't. I, I can't disparage anything that you're saying. I just think you're not giving it enough credit. I think it deserves more than 10 points. For me, okay. the 10 points goes to the, um, not the opening, but what happens right after the intro song when Gabby and uh, Reiner are walking over oh. to the oh. house. I forgot about that one. This was a moment for me that, well, one, from from the story perspective, it, it sets up what happens at the end, which is fucking awesome. A little full circle episode that we have here. But I love the way the animation studio made the scene feel because it felt like a, a very ground zero moment where we're seeing these characters in a 
in a way that it feels so grounded. They they took their time with this scene and they let Ga Gabby and Reiner have just very human moments where they're just Reiner's just broken mm -hmm. and it makes sense that he's as broken as he is and just like goddamn which allows the scene later when they're actually killing all the titans to to feel more normal because we we did deal with like the human conflict here so when we have fun it's like it, it doesn't feel like we're not addressing something if that makes sense yeah no i totally agree uh i i see so much there's there's a lot that happened in this episode that i like so much to the point that i kind of forgot about that opening scene yeah there's a lot of different You're moments absolutely right that, that, that the opening act of this uh this episode is all about the emotional core of the events taking place we had the big battle of marley versus paradise at the beginning of this part of the season mm -hmm. so now to have the post battle conversations i mean we even get it later after all the pure titans are killed between jean and Anyankampo in the yeah. tower that moment is also very cool it's just we get a lot of very grounded scenes in this episode where the characters are talking big big picture ideas and what yeah the what is the world now after this huge event of the rumbling is taking place and you know what else fits you fits in that category it's that devil and all of us scene yeah with yeah Nicolo. exactly which is where we get into voice and music so let's give the 10 points the direction of the entire episode i mean so many of the scenes felt similar bro i'm okay with giving this to the whole episode good direction in this episode you directed well directors good job but that brings me to my 20 point where I'm going to voice uh, focus on the voice acting here. And it's going back to the voice actor for who voice acts Gabby's character. Oh, Goddamn! Dude. Amazing voice acting. And I'm talking specifically about that moment that you just mentioned where she just saved Kaya and she's talking to Kaya about everything. And Niccolo comes in with the, the conversation about being a devil. It's just there's that line that Gabby says. This is the big thing I want to talk about with the scene. It's the line where Gabby talks about the fact that she has killed a lot of people because she wanted praise. And I think that line by itself, the way it's delivered and everything like that, it encapsulates the struggle that Reiner was having and explains even further what Reiner and Aaron meant when they were in the basement talking to each other right before Aaron explodes and kills um, all of the people in Liberio. Gabby saying, I was a devil because I wanted, I killed people because I wanted praise, is that conversation where she's blameless to some extent because she is a child soldier she's been forced into this narrative she doesn't know she doesn't have all the information right her actions i mean she was trying to save the world how can you blame her right yeah well she's explaining how you can blame her why she is the devil and and niccolo makes it yeah there's a devil and all of this kind of deal but for her she did those things because she wanted praise it is the reason why she killed she didn't kill because of the narrative she killed because she wanted praise that was her individual struggle that she has to deal with you know and why she has to fight back against everything it's just like oh okay that's what makes it complicated well it also it also it also means that she she understands why people said she was a devil it's not just right. her saying i understand that i'm a devil it's her saying i understand that people said i was a devil because i was killing people because i wanted to be I wanted I wanted to be loved, which is a full redemption. That's a that's a full in, in writing. We call that an anagnoresis. Um, yes, that's an anagnoresis. She knows what she did wrong. Well, what I love about what what, ha, what what she does in this episode is she she fixes her life without getting rid of the skills that she has in her toolkit that are useful. 
Yeah. Because right now, the apocalypse is happening. The fact that she's a trained soldier is kind of useful for our protagonists. Yes. Um, so her, her, her just putting down a gun is not enough. She has to realize yeah. everything she was doing wrong. And then bring her skills to the table and be like, yo, I can help fix what I fucked up. Yeah, the issue for Gabby wasn't the fact that she wanted to save the world. The issue was the fact that her idea of saving the world was a terrible genocidal idea. Yeah. Like, the the fact that she wanted to save the world right now is the good thing. Because she's prepared her entire life to do that. And so now she has the skill set that she needs. It's just her focus needs to shift to yes. saving innocence. She understands what that means now. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Fucking cool. And it's cool that we get to see a character that was basically Aaron, this one goal kind of thing. Uh-huh. And while Aaron is doing the worst thing that he could possibly do with his superpower, which is his drive, Gabby is doing a better thing with her superpower, which is also her drive yeah. to save you know, the Browse family. Well, also think about think about this. Her hatred for Aaron, which at the beginning of this season made her an antagonist, is the same thing that's about to make her part of the protagonist cast. Because yeah. Aaron turned evil. So the fact that she hates Aaron is a good thing now. Yeah, it's incredible. It just every character's perspective has to change, and it's all because of Aaron's actions. Yes. Very good writing. Wow, it's almost well, like this show's good. Dude, this show's fucking amazing, man. I, I yeah. want to ask you one more question on the on the Gabby uh, uh, voice acting topic. Because is your yes. is your moment that scene where, with Niccolo and Kaya, or is your mo- and or why is your moment that moment and not the final scene when she's begging Armin to get Aaron to stop killing the whole world? I just think the voice acting in the scene with Niccolo and Kaya it had an opportunity to be played a different way. And uh-huh. the very subtle, quiet way that Gabby has this realization is beautiful and also kind of unexpected in Attack on Titan. Okay. Like typically when these characters have these incredible realizations, it's these it's in these heightened moments. And the fact that Gabby is just processing all of the moments that she's experienced so far and is able to now so maturely and so solemnly express it to Kaya who was somebody that was her enemy and then her friend and enemy friend just back and forth throughout the throughout the entire season. Oh, just so subtle. So, so much passion and good acting. And the end, the end is also great. But yeah, subtleness is my answer. Cool. What is your voice slash music? Are you going to pick another music thing? I'm going to pick another music thing. I'm, Which music? Point? I'm obsessed with how Yamamoto is using cellos. When, when, when the walls came down, there was that there's that moment right before the walls break under the cart titan and we're, we're we're with that fight between her mikasa and armin and there's like there's there's that cello solo that 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 comes in and then there's the bell that hits and the wall breaks and then it does that same motif again that shit was so cool a very similar thing happened when kaya hit her head and fell and the uh the niles titan landed right behind her it's not as like sweeping and apocalyptic but it's more it's like Ah, there's something happening with that cello, bro. That shit's cool. Dude, quick side note. Rest in peace, Kaya. If you hit your head that hard running full speed on some wood and then fall down that entire case of stairs and land on your head, you're dead. I'm <laughs> sorry, Kaya. You're dead. 
<laughs> Dude, imagine being in the middle of the apocalypse and you don't die because of the 60 meter, ti 60 meter titans walking around. You die because you hit your head and fell down some stairs. Death by concussion while there's a literally a man-eating giant next to you is kind of, yeah, that's that's a little embarrassing. That's that's rough. That's rough. But yeah, the music there, incredibly well done. It, it just, the music is helpful to make the show feel like it's in a different place right now because we don't hear the strings used as much in earlier parts of attack on titan as we're hearing it now and it kind of adds to the epic scale that the show has gotten to now the heavy metal music and or the 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 rock metal music yeah that, that's that's the score and the theme of the hellish unbeatable like titan world yeah and then the cello the unknown the, world that that doesn't have humans that are yeah. the antagonist yeah well and, and and when when that comes in it's like if you're a human being you're it, it, you're hopeless against that that's when the metal comes yes. in but when the cellos are in those come in underneath problems that are solvable to human beings yeah it's not a conversation with god it's a conversation with this enemy nation which i love i love that i love the differentiation between the problems that our characters can solve as people and the and the and the and the problems they have to solve as demigods and and like odyssey level heroes yeah 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 it's i mean it's a little star wars there there's a little bit of uh the mystical jedi but there's also the grounded rebel cause yeah, as well yeah 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 that's pretty cool so okay now we got a conversation about who wins this one because the music yeah it's great but the voice acting in this episode come on dude this is where we fight this is where we this fight. is where we fight this so if you think that the voice acting in Attack on Titan is better than the music in Attack on Titan, or if you think the opposite, email us at attackmytitanpod at gmail.com because we gotta know who wins this argument and gets the 20 points. 30 points. Let's move on. Best scene in the show. Pacing or best scene in the entire show. What do you got, Pum? I've got Gabby's redemption. I'm, I'm dead serious when I say Gabby has the coolest redemption arc I've ever seen. Um, yeah. Because you can genuinely hate her as a character, and then now we're at a point where you can genuinely love her as a character. Yeah. G Gabby definitely has the best redemption arc. So you think that the scene... Where when, like when the she, scene when, when she's talking Kaya. to me when she saves Kaya when she saves Kaya yeah um, yeah yeah because dude the dude her running up like okay first of all the music in that scene dope the her running up and be like or her her shooting Niles the first time and then being like Kaya get up and then she's like hauling ass and then vaults over these two boxes and then like like looking all cool and shit and then when she hits Niles with the gun and like puts it in his mouth <laughs> you see how tiny she is. Because the gun stops and her legs just swing out in front of her. And I swear to God, I, she looks like um, uh, Ted from the movie Ted. You know, the little teddy bear that, that says shit and fuck. Oh, yeah, she yeah, looks yeah. Like, like that tiny little Seth, Ro Seth, uh, Seth, not Seth Rogen, uh, Seth, 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 fuck, uh, Seth McFarlane character. Um, and then like she blows the Titan's head off. It's like this tiny fucking like what? Four foot tall. Badass. Just. Yeah. Saved, saved another another character's life by blowing at a titan's head. Anyway, that shit was so cool. That was that was awesome. That gets all thirty of my points. Very cool. That is a good moment. Not gonna lie, but I think the moment that is even more powerful is the moment that we you talked about earlier, which is the conversation that Jean and the and well, I guess the conversation that Jean, Connie, Armin, and Mikasa have, but really the conversation that Jean and Armin have. Oh, very interesting. Right after the Reiner Gabby stuff when our heroes of Shing and Shina are on 
the roof looking out over the freaking rumbling see this this goes this goes to why we have so many differences in which songs on the track we gravitate towards oh yeah um because your scene your scene is is one of one of the best uh what is it like dramatic scenes at least in this episode if not in this half of the season where we start talking about the issue on the table yeah my scene is like is action-based what i love about that scene is it follows the through line and this is this was my issue with the connie moment earlier is like we're getting distracted from the through line here which is the fucking rumbling is happening okay there's a lot of shit happening right now and we got to deal with the big issues here and the biggest issue is the fact that aaron is going to commit genocide against the entire world and what do you do with that and jean plays his old jean role in this moment his pessimistic i'd prefer to be lazy because this world is tough and it's being lazy is a lot easier than having to deal with the fact that this world is so tough mm. and maybe 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 and and you can tell with the way it's animated and the way it's voice acted it's voice acted so brilliantly that jean he, he he's just he's trying to to come up with an idea that makes this easy he's trying to come up with an idea that keeps aaron a good guy and he has a point that the only people that benefit from this genocide are the people of the island. The people, the four people on that roof are the only people that benefit from this. And what the fuck do you do with that? What do you do with that? And then we have our character, Armin, the hero that is like, no, 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 this is not good. And John's like, yeah, you're fucking right. But I wish it was different. And I think, that conversation one it's it's so in character like these characters are so well defined that of course armin would say what he says of course jean would say what he says and it's like we're seeing them at the end being the same people it's just now the decision is somehow the hardest decision they've ever made despite the fact that they've made the hardest decisions possible in the past you know i mean they they decided to go to war like there's so much that they've had to deal with and now they have this impossible decision to make. Thoughts that you're having in your head as you're watching the rumbling happen and you hear what Aaron's trying to do and it's like, okay, what happens next? Well, it's like, yeah, Jean and Armin are dealing with the same shit right now and I'm glad. And the reason why I think it's the best scene is because of where it's placed. Having it placed so early in the episode lets us deal with that idea immediately instead of having to wait on it so that we can get to the scene where we kill the pure titans and it can be this lighter moment where we we get a glimpse of what attack on titan used to be in the past without it feeling like we're cheapening the grumbling moment that's pretty solid yeah i don't have any qualms with that scene it's such a it's it's fucking it's one of those quiet attack on titan scenes that is just so powerful and there's so many of this throughout the show it's what makes this show so good is because we have scenes like this and then we also have scenes like you know Aaron in Liberio destroying the freaking Warhammer and right. like using the jaw as a nutcracker kind of deal. It's like the that's such a wide range of emotions and types of scenes. And yeah, let hey, let's just call it 30 points to that scene between Fuck. our heroes of Shiganshino on the roof. Fuck. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Clap Fuck. it up. Fuck. I'm a, I'm a, bra- I'm a, I'm a, fuck. I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna bring more heat next time, bro. <laughs> oh, okay, well then, let's get to the grand prize. What do you have for the grand prize? I have Annie coming out of her. Orb. Yeah, that is the best thing that Isayama puts into this episode, oh, without oh. a doubt. Oh, okay, fuck yeah, that's what's up. I okay. totally agree. For okay, the grand good. prize, yeah, good. the thing that Isayama added that changes everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, 
Why do you like it so much? She hasn't been part of this conversation since the 57th expedition or, or since the, the Stoess battle where she got overpowered and had to crystallize herself to save her own life. So basically it's the old warrior ideology or old warrior behavior. That's going to have to meet up with the new warrior reality I'm just really excited to see how that plays out. Yeah, I, it's just the perfect timing for this to happen because there's so many checkoff guns in this show. There's like so many things that are obvious, huge issues that uh-huh. then get later addressed, right? The biggest thing has just been addressed, which is the fact that there were titans inside the walls and then the fact that then we name it the rumbling and it's like, okay, so this has to happen. It's like when? Now, at towards the end of the, the uh, show, it happens. Uh-huh. But I feel like worse shows would have let Annie escape from the crystal somehow way earlier. Oh, absolutely. And the fact that Isayama waited this long, and then, not only that, so it's it's already set up the fact that Annie has to come out, because, like, why would she still be alive if she's just going to fucking be in the crystal for the rest of the show, right? Yeah. So that's set up. But then, even within the rules of the universe, it's also set up in the beginning of this episode that Reiner's armor just disappeared somehow. Yeah. And we yeah, can't yeah, yeah, understand yeah, yeah. that. And so the realization at the end of the episode where it's like, oh, yeah, all of the Titan hardening everywhere throughout the entire world has is gone. Then you're like, oh, shit. Then you have that realization with Armin. And so you yeah. can be with Armin in that moment and be like, oh, shit, she's back. Well, and also it flies under our radar when that gets introduced because they don't explicitly yeah. say... Uh, they, they don't make a whole big moment out of Reiner being like, my armor went away. What happened? Why did that happen? It's just yes. a passing line. He's like, my armor got stripped and I got hit by the wall. I'm like, I'm like, I'm bleeding internally. I might die. Cause there, there's a bigger issue, like immediate issue on the table that distracts us from the information of why did his armor get taken? away? Yes. And also solves the issue of like, how does Annie get out of the crystal? Right. I mean, kind of by accident. Okay, that makes actually way more sense than like her fucking realizing a superpower that she, you know, like there's so many different ways that the show could have handled that situation. Uh-huh. And Isayama chose a way that, thank God, it works out it for the better. It wouldn't have made sense any other way. Because if she, like, yeah. why would she decide to come out of the, out of the crystal? Yeah. If she does that, then she's exposed with the people who tried to kill her the last time she was a person. And also at this point in the story, having an Annie who really only knows any of the information that we knew back in season one Uh is we have a character who doesn't know anything so we also have zero idea how she's going to react to this new world all that she wanted throughout this entire show was to get home to her dad right Mm -hmm. so what the fuck does she want now can't wait to explore that dude absolutely i also also so it's like it for for all of us writers here and anyone who's who's looking to be a writer in the audience pay attention to how they used this Chekhov's gun um, oh yeah with Annie because if you don't if you set if you if you set up a Chekhov's gun if you write a gun on the wall and you don't have a good idea for how and when that gun goes off do not touch that gun until yeah. you have an undeniable reason to pull it off the wall. But also, don't let the audience forget about it. Because here's the thing. Annie has been in conversation 
throughout the entire show, even though she was gone in season one, right. Annie was a huge reason why the things happened the way they did in season two oh, with yeah. Bert getting angry and losing his cool and Reiner and all that kind of stuff. And then in season three, the conversation is we got to go save Annie. We got to make sure she's okay. And we know this connection between Bert and Annie. And then when Bert passes his Titan powers on to Armin, not his choice, but still, you know, then Okay, Bert is an extension of Annie in some kind of way. So that means that Armin has become an extension of Annie, which was already set up in season one anyway, because Annie and Armin had this weird relationship back then. Uh So now when we see Armin talking to Annie in season four, it still makes sense. So this entire time, Annie has been a part of the conversation, but she's been in the crystal. So, which, is, which is so interesting to me. Like, how does a character... Which is what I'm talking about, the reason why the Connie moment is not that great, because it's not set up like the way the Annie thing is. Anyway. Oh, fuck. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Not to fucking hit that. Yeah, you're not head. wrong. They could have they they planted that more. Uh, maybe even just seeing his mom more than one time. Even, even during the flashbacks in season four, if Connie was just, like, riding up late to go help construction on the train because, like, ah, sorry, I was visiting my mom or whatever. You know, yeah. stuff like that would have yeah. would have been helpful. Yeah, you got a point. You got a point. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm just fascinated by the fact that, that Annie has been such a major character who hasn't been a present character, you know what I mean? Yeah. She's, she's a present character because of how impactful she was to everyone else. Yeah. But she didn't do anything. Like she didn't take any action between end of the season one finale and now, and she still yeah. isn't, hasn't taken any action. Yeah, Annie to me is is one of the brilliant side 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 characters like Grisha or oh yeah, um, even even Ymir because Ymir is not really you know just like well, a uh, character which, which, that influences wait, which one? Which one? both both of them. Okay, they're you know that that remain in the conversation because of the other characters and the impact that they had on it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Ymir, yeah, yeah. Ymir the god is the is the one who's the most obvious. I mean, she's the reason why everything has happened, and right. we have never she has she doesn't talk. Right. So well, but the other the other Ymir is, cool. the other Ymir is absolutely a side character, but she was the first love of the queen, who's a huge yes. character. So that's a, that's and cool. also one of the nine. So she'll always right. be a, a part of the conversation. So yeah, that's these also- the way to to introduce side characters that are important but not uh, overshadowing our main characters. You said something that made me realize something about writing side characters because you said uh, all the side characters. Uh, you said something about the side characters being important to our main characters. That's the purpose of side characters, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. You can't have a side character if it's not someone who matters to the main character. You can't That's just very have, true. You, you can't just have a separate storyline that you separate from your main uh, characters for for an extended period of time. If it if it doesn't affect anything about the main character's life yeah and i think that's the reason why it's interesting to talk about these side characters as extensions of other characters because yeah. that's how they're relevant to the story is it, the story goes through aaron mikasa and armin and then everything kind of expands out of that and everybody is in everybody else in the story is kind of aiding to their story if that makes well, sense and maybe you can add yeah. in some other characters like levi and john in there too but even they are so intricately related to those three main characters yeah you need you also need uh reiner on that list because annie's technically an extension of reiner but yes let us give the grand prize to annie emerging from her titan crystal congratulations to siyama all right folks for this episode it is our valentine special so we're gonna do something a little little bit different 
as we close out this wonderful, wonderful podcast, we are going to talk about our favorite and least favorite relationships in Attack on Titan because there's so many relationships and it. It's a loving kind of day. So let, let's let's have a con- conversation about this. Let's list our favorite relationships and in one word describe why it's incredible. Okay, let's just <laughs> rattle off some relationships. For, for me, um, I would say Grisha and Dinah Fritz. Great relationship, right? Uh-huh. One word to describe it, persistence. Even as a Titan, she's going to find that boy. I would say, I would say uh, number two, Number two, if that's our number one, number two is yeah. uh, Hanji and Moblet. They are. That's a great one. They are a great pair. They balance each other out perfectly and they have each other's. Yeah. Back. Another great one is Levi and Irwin. Mm. Oh my God. Such a good, good little pair right there. Mm-hmm. They seemed so much in love. Mm-hmm. One word to describe it loyal. Mm. They just love each other. Not going to cheat on each other. Never kind of people, go, I was you know? about to say, no adultery in that relationship. Never. Oh, Ymir and Historian. Mm, yeah, probably one of the, one of the most charged like, relationships. Charged is a better way. I was going to say sweethearts. They're not they, sweethearts. Yeah. They're, uh, it's like a, a, that's a passion-based relationship. Another really good one. Uh-huh. I love the relationship between those two tiny twin titans. They just really love each other so much that they're they're, no, they're playing no. even together as oh, Titans. Oh God! No, no, don't! No, 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 no! Those are those are those are Connie's siblings. Yeah. No, hey, Valentine's Day romance. is not just we're, about sexual relationships. We're, talk, we're talking romance, though. No, I'm not. I'm talking about relate. You can love somebody who you're not sexually interested in. Pum, come on! Well, I mean, no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I Valentine's we Day about, is okay, a celebration okay. of love. Oh, fake guy! You scared me for a second there, though, because I I thought I, I was I was thinking about like relationships that would be like actual relationships, and I didn't realize it was just like, like interpersonal stuff. Okay, okay. Mom, um, are you saying you did not wish your mother a happy Valentine's Day? I mean, no, I didn't. You didn't? No, am I supposed to? Text your mother right now, Happy Valentine's That's Day. That's what my dad's for. Oh my! My da- God. it's my dad's job to wish her Happy Valentine's Day. That's my mom. You know what's not a good relationship? Which one? Uh, you know the one with, you know, Hannah from season one, who's got yeah. uh, her boyfriend, who's the big, tall dude with the, uh, yeah. like the cut features and the buzz yeah, cut. Yeah, I, I know what like you're talking about. Are you saying that's not a good relationship? You're saying that's not? What, 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 which era are you talking about? There's the before he loses his legs era, and there's the when after he loses his legs era. I'm saying, hey, the one word I would describe to the, that relationship is never ending. Even when he's dead and has no legs, she's going to give him CPR. That's beautiful. That's love. I, that's toxic. You don't. Because she, she's going to die. She's going to die if Palma, she doesn't like get Palma, up on the roof. You do not believe in love. I What I'm gathering from this analyzation of Attack on Titan relationships is that you do not believe in love, Pum. What? Define love. Love is love. What is love? Yeah, don't baby, don't hurt me. I don't know. Like, <laughs> see, I'm, I, 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 think I'm missing the mark of, of, of what, 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 how love is getting expressed. Um, do you experience love? What is, um, what does love feel like? Email us at attackmytitanpod at gmail dot com to let us know what the fuck love is. Oh, dude, you know who we're forgetting? We're forgetting Hitch and uh, Marlo. Marlo. Yeah, that's a good one. How would you describe that that's one? That's a proper romance. That's a proper romance too. Uh, that one is hold, that one's hold, sweet. That one's a really hold, sweet pair. Hold up, 
You're saying what? the love between those two side 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 characters in the beginning of season one when they die during the Battle of Trost is toxic <laughs> love, and you're calling Hitch and Marlo a non-toxic love when Hitch is just uh, only making fun of Marlo and they never admit their feelings to each other. Uh, oh, oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Um, <laughs> okay, Pung doesn't okay. know what love so, okay. is, guys. Um, another prime relationship in Attack on Titan is. Bert and Annie, oh my gosh, the love between That's them. Toxic. It transcends even people. Like it, it's That's it's <laughs> transferred to Armin even. It's incredible. No, that one is so toxic. What? That one is so toxic. Do you no, know wait, what love wait, is, Pum? No, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. Okay, so that one that one is that one is like comrade respect and, and trust and, and, and all that. Um and they're like they'll they'll make sure they don't each of them survives, you know what I mean? Like they're 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 friends and and all that. But Annie never once notices Bert. She notices Armin, so when Bert becomes Armin, then yeah, that's an actual love connection. But with with Bert, no, Bert Bert never shoots his shot. He never says anything. He doesn't even like try to say anything. The one word but I he's would just still like over the moon in love with her, the, but she has no clue. The one word I would use to describe it is quiet here here's my thing pum i think the correct answer for all of these is it's attack on titan it's a pretty toxic world good luck having a pure relationship in this genocidal crazy monster filled world it's a little it's a little tough to express your feelings when there's giant man-eating monsters around i realized how lucky we are to not be getting stomped on by giants so happy valentine's day happy valentine's day give a hug to the people that you love text your mom happy valentine's day even if it's a few days late you know you might as well because she deserves to feel some love so if you disagree with anything that we had to say or don't but especially if you disagree Please email us at attackmytitanpod at gmail.com. We gotta know. We gotta we wanna hear what you gotta hear. And next episode won't be a Valentine's Day special, so we'll definitely get to those. Palm, you got anything? I, I wanna thank everybody for listening to us. I hope you have the best day. We'll be right back here next week after the episode. Uh once again, don't come here. If you haven't seen the episode yeah, that we're talking about, go watch the next it's episode. It's not worth it. We will all see you in the next one. Peace. Peace.